Welcome back to the Mammoth Show. This is your host, Rohit. Today we have Thomas, the CEO of Instant Derailment. Thank you, Thomas, for getting into the show. It is my pleasure to be invited onto your show. Thank you for having me. Now we will be talking about a bunch of stuff today, you know, like how to set the realistic expectations for the start of success mainly, and how you got started with your own entrepreneurship, and how is your agency going, I guess. I have seen like you have an amazing agency as well. You've been running from last 2.5 years now. Yeah, I have seen the clientele as well. So go ahead and tell me something about yourself, how you got started and how it's everything going. Yeah, so thanks for having me on. Uh, Thomas Helfrick, I found it instantly relevant. Uh, but I don't usually use the word CEO. I usually say that I'm the uh, the founder's double, maybe triple secret marketing weapon. And, and we do that because our, our belief is, uh, you know, to be different, to be better. And our differentiators that we actually give a shit. So uh, we do that. We, we, we come up with that. We lead with that uh, because we really help the passionate founder, the ambitious entrepreneur, the pioneering startup uh, be successful in, in leverage technology and marketing, all the things that we do together to help them really be, be successful. So and we, and we do that in a very you know strategical and tactical yet way to get things done. So uh you always have to repeat questions because I'll get on a monologue and forget what the original question was. But I think it was, how did I get started was the original one. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, a few years ago, a couple of, a little over two years ago, I founded the company and it was based on the pain point I saw in the marketing, or I'm sorry, in the in just the world of, I you know, I was a technology leader, been in advising, been in consulting for years. And the biggest pain point I had wasn't customers. It wasn't these other things. It was working with marketing to create content that was meaningful, that had the ability to be created quickly, that wasn't super expensive, that didn't lose the tonality or the voice of myself when I would create it. And it happened every time, every company, and I've been in plenty of them, uh, massively inefficient, way too big of marketing teams doing too, too few little things and not really delivering anything So or not enough. So I said, I think there's a better way. So my background being in intelligent automation and AI systems uh, I applied some of the rules and the fundamental things you do in that to leverage technology plus a human in the right moment, you know, right tech, right human, right moment to accelerate a human. And so we applied that to what I do at Instantly Relevant. And my, you know, initial use case was me. I'd said, you know, I have a few thousand people on LinkedIn. How can I help grow my presence, my executive eminence by creating content and engagement and, you know, and retaining customers and kind of nurturing them. And, you know, I formed a team, we started leveraging tech and here I am today with 172,000 followers on LinkedIn two years later. And I'm only about an hour a week in social media when I was like 30, because the teams manage it and do all that for me and for our customers. And we have inbound leads all day long when I'm not doing amazing podcasts. But the reason I can is because I don't spend lots of time creating content and engaging on social media it's i'm doing higher value activities to build my business and 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 add more value to our customers and how your agency portfolio looks like like is it like is it like what's the icp like mid-sized enterprises or small yeah we focus pri i mean exclusively on on like the founder the entrepreneur and the startup and so that could be people that are bootstrapped in growth mode or <laughs> at the even at the enterprise level which is like series a b c or pre or even ipo um, um or smaller public companies so we really work with those teams that are really not thinking like traditional marketing, they see there's probably a better way to do it. They need a better way to do it. Um, if that's one takeaway you want to choose, if, if you're a founder of marketing and, and you're, you know, or you're a entrepreneur, or you're a startup. If you're hiring people from the fortune 500 to come run your company in the marketing area, you're probably going to spend way more than you need to. And you're doing it in a way that's thinking like a fortune 500 company and not a startup that has to be agile, lean, 
aggressive, different. Uh, you have to be different or you'll repeat the exact same mistakes that all the big companies make, but often can afford to because they have way bigger budgets than you're going to have. And how you guys are specialized in founders and entrepreneurs to help or run successful brands or launch. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the, the way we specialize in it is really by our, our, our the differentiator we lead with on our website, which is uh, we actually give a shit about you, your brand and your customers. And the reason that's a differentiator is because we don't take the idea of we need this many ads, or we need to do this much organic content. We start with what your actual business goals are, your actual in detail personas you're going to want and what your budget is relevant to what you're trying to accomplish. And then come up with a plan that has the right amount of content engagement and ongoing nurturing to do that. Fundamentally, the founder entrepreneur startup has the same thinking and same type of, you know, kind of cultural culture that we have as a company and I have as a person leading the company of how you think about solving problems and how you think about leveraging investment to grow. There's a big alignment at, at, at on that uh, philosophically that isn't always found at the corporate level. It's not that like we couldn't help a corporate level or we can't help them do things, but typically the way they think about approaching problems or marketing is fundamentally different. And it's not nearly as agile or, or you know, see, our, our method is to give you a, a founder or a company, like an early stage company, an entire marketing team for less than it costs to hire a full-time employee. And when they have that, they have full power. They have full power of creating whatever they need, sales decks, pitch decks, posts, blogs, articles, whatever, logos. That's all they're available to them when they need it because it, in the early stages, you have to, you know, seize opportunities. You have to pivot quickly. And we help them do that with messaging and creating all this, you know, marketing content and managing the social media and then ongoing nurturing of those customers. What's the story behind the name Instant Irrelevant? Well, it originally was another name, which I'm not going to say because Instagram didn't like that name. And so we had a change to our tagline, which is instantly relevant. Longer story. Was very upset about it, by the way. I was not happy. Many cuss words were said. Um, but at the end of the day, when you kind of take a step back, it became a better brand. It got us more focused around our people and made me take a step back and think, what do we want to do? Do we want to keep this name? Do we want to go someplace else with the name? Uh, but instantly relevant, the idea is you could become relevant faster uh, by doing some techniques and thinking differently. And by doing that, you become relevant to your customers. It's a big thing we say that, you know, you trust opens the door, relevance closes the deal. And, you know, is if you can't just be trusted, like the, the customers and your prospects have to trust you, of course, but that's not enough. You have to be relevant. You have, they, they have to see you as somebody in, in the content you could produce and the, the things that you're putting out there for them to consume or, or, or identify with. It has to be relevant to what their problem is and their voice. And that's where the instantly relevant piece comes. As soon as you have those two things, trust and relevance, you do become instantly relevant to your prospect or your customer. And what's the hashtag? It's, it's hashtag instantly relevant. The, uh, the little logo is the idea is after a few hashtags, we, we can actually, the, the whole, our, your whole profile starts with what are the three hashtags you care about the most? And when and the, our little, little logo says that. And so the idea is if you care about you know, X, Y, and Z, cool, what's your business goals to, to be relevant in those hashtags? I want to do this. We want to do that. Here's what this is. And we start backing up from kind of the social media notion of a hashtag that you want to be one of the leaders of the content and the executive eminence of those topics, those groups, that, that hashtag. Oh, you would like to speak about like getting out of the comfort zone. You are an entrepreneur, you've been an entrepreneur. You are into this for long. I think is it easy? I used to ask this question with a bunch of people. Do you think entrepreneurship is easy? 
And what age you got you started, by the way, like you want to know your journey? Yeah, so I, I had an initial initial stint after the dot-com fall apart in like 2001 to about 2004 or five, maybe. I don't remember honestly. I was, I was terrible at it. I made enough to pay my bills and play golf and never saved a dollar and, you know, wasn't very good at it. I was not focused. Um, so, so went back to corporate world. So I started this at 44, 44 years old. And so I'm 46 now. Uh, and it feels like the exact time and the right time to do it. I've been wanting to get back to become an entrepreneur for forever. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, I've never been promoted ever. Um, <laughs> the different line. We can have that conversation someplace else, but, um, I started at 44 and to get out of my comfort zone, you, you just do it. You have, you have to really, you being an entrepreneur is not easy. Uh, it's a daily emotional ride followed by a, a weekly, followed by a monthly, followed by a yearly, sometimes by minute. It's funny how many entrepreneurs I'll ask of how many times a week or day do you apply for jobs? And they're like, Oh, hourly. Then I'm back out of it. Then I'm back in it. And I'm like, <laughs> so you know, so that that's what it feels like to be an entrepreneur. So if you're signing up for that, by all means, do it while you have a W-2 job and at least get the foundations in place. But to get out of your comfort zone, a few things will have to happen. One, you'll have to have no fallback. You'll really have to take away your comfort zone of of what you're trying to, what, what, what holds you from being full-time. So you can do some things to set that up, but you'll have to take away the safety net. And because if you don't, you'll never have the focus and hunger to to really do what you're going to need to do to get it focused and and that's for sure and that's scary so that's massive comfort zone but you can do some things to get set up like reducing your debt get some income from the side hustle whatever else the get out of your comfort zone is write down the five things you hate doing the most when it involves is relevant to marketing and go do those so i hate doing selfies i hate doing videos where i'm holding a phone talking i really don't like tiktok go do that anyway get out of your comfort zone and just try it because the worst you can do is maybe delete it or, or try something different. You may find you're actually very good at it. If you do hate writing, fine. Hire someone to go write for you. It'd be fine. And, and that's that's what I would tell you to do to get out of your comfort zone. You have to be able to um, uh, really push yourself to do that. And here's another one too. So uh, flip side of that, right, is let's say you're founding a company, you're a technologist at heart, like like you're a, you're a techie and now you founded a company. The comfort zone you'll have to get out of, we call this the executive eminence piece that would do for you, is you can't just be a developer anymore. You can't be that technical person. You can be a technical leader, but you're now a founder. You're a CEO. You're the you're the head honcho of this company. You need to present yourself as such to raise money, to get customers to buy into you, or you need to go hire somebody for it. So sometimes you got to get out of what brought you here and become the next person you need to become. That's very difficult for people. We help them with that all the time with you know, helping them with their image, their look, their, their, what they're saying and communicating on social media and, and content like that, that helps bring them out and get them a comfort zone of becoming that person. Is it for everyone or is it for the, like the ones who are stubborn a lot? I mean, I'm not the foremost expert on this, but I will tell you it is not, in my opinion, it's certainly not for everyone. Uh, entrepreneurship takes a certain profile of risk tolerance, of uh, where your core skill sets are it and this is not mean like you have to be that kind of person out there that's you know the, you know the talker and you're the you know the kind of a, you know, every startup has like a hustler a hacker and a hipster right and you could be one of those three things but you know someone who really does operations well and gets stuff done could be a great entrepreneur they're just going to have to learn how to leverage partners or outsource or or get people on their teams to do the the, the other pieces and 
it's not for everyone for sure it is some people who want to be it should not be it for <laughs> no doubt about that um it's a fine line between unemployed and entrepreneur i'll say it that way so <laughs> you uh you have to have the right heart for it, but but don't go i don't think i wouldn't say go into it without doing some research of what it's going to take and what you need to be and how you're going to need to act and think but it could be for lots of people who don't think so but it is definitely not for everybody and according to you is how easy it is to make a first million dollars and then 10 and then 100 like i've done any of those so no i mean it's so it's not easy right so there's you know if i i've looked at other entrepreneurs who have been super successful like 110 100 million right or a million but you make your first dollar that that's how it starts and then go replicate that and then find ways to uh, and it's the same process right find ways to operationalize and reduce costs so you can make you know you know way more than that dollar in scale and and that's that's the methodology that you have to do is not have too many ideas get narrow and deep on a few and you'll you'll hit it but the biggest piece of entrepreneurs are you'll be tired but you won't quit and you'll be tenacious and you'll you'll last through it and you'll weather it and you'll find ways to succeed then you'll get to the point where you're you're making the money and and I wouldn't even set the targets a million think think some entrepreneurs don't do it for money some of it's just lifestyle yeah. if you made if your company made $250,000 a year and you're able to take 125 of it first of all a very profitable company be able to do that not a lot of money for by any imagination uh, in the US right it's a it's a good amount of money but it's not a, i mean you're not going to you're going to have a Honda Civic probably 3 years old at best you're going to you know have to be tight but you may not have a boss you may have a really good lifestyle business or it could be a it was side hustle so i don't like to put the marks on how much money you make because entrepreneurs do it for different reasons and and that's really important i think because you definitely want to be in it for the right reason for yourself. I don't be I'm tired of working for people. I just want a lifestyle business. But if you want to make it bigger, you're going to have to find ways to scale and that'll be a big challenge for any in any way any step of the way is getting out of working in your business every day and start working on it. The last thing I would like to say like how to set the realistic expectations for the start of success. Yeah, so realistic expectations from my perspective is uh you're going to be cash strapped every time and until you've really got a, a machine making money for you. So prepare no matter how much money you've raised, how much money you're making month to month, your ambition, your your progress, everything else is always going to put you potentially in a cash strap position, so avoid that. <laughs> so so avoid that and expect that that you're like look at your your projections of in in a way that man, I do not want to be cash strapped because that's when you're you're going to absolutely get screwed out of your company because you're going to have to give away way more of it you want the rest raise investment or you're going to have to shut it down. So that's one thing. The other is know that you're going to work a ton of hours. But I will say from experience, I don't look at everything I do every day as work anymore. When I'm on my own startup, I love being in it. I love talking with you, I love talking with my customers, my prospects. I look I love I I absolutely enjoy it. Um and and every day I wake up I'm excited to get down here and that and that's been, you know, 2 years, right? So that's a real thing and if you're not loving it, then you're probably doing the wrong thing. And I think that's the second expectation. And and third, uh the expectation is take time to make time for the for your family and friends around you it's very easy to get lost in work it's very easy to get stressed out and work too many hours you have to find some headspace time for me i block my entire wednesdays to learn something maybe do a podcast do something fun that has not everything to do with work but just gives me a break to be able to go do other things make sure you're taking time to eat dinner with the kids and the wife and going out and doing stuff even if you're cash strapped find things to do right to spend time with those around you that's an expectation that you need to set early uh I fail at working out enough. I need to do that more often, but do those things. Find find the time 
to have life balance because that's why you you know don't go report or don't go re replace your nine to five job with a new one that you just hate being in. So find time to take the time because you're an entrepreneur. But then when you do work, be super focused. I mean, super focused. Yeah, and being super focused and productive do needs the break or rest to fit the mind or you know like so we should be operate the best way so. absolutely you you need you need the headspace time because that's when the ideas will come that's when the clarity will come is when you step away from uh the mess and the fire and the the weeds so you can kind of see the whole forest you do need to take time just to take a step back it, it, it's yeah. you don't think you the, the biggest expectation too of that right that statement is you don't think you have the time to do it but you absolutely need to to be able to solve some of the more complex problems and even it's for me right now i've been thinking one name for my upcoming project from last three months and i haven't got the name yet we'll you find know? time after the podcast we'll find we'll figure one out for you <laughs> yeah and what do you believe like uh, like what are the biggest cons like why startups fail uh no question uh undercapitalized so not enough money they spend too much money on things they shouldn't early um, including uh, marketing building an mvp things like this uh, wow. events like getting too fast to market potentially where they don't really have a good they haven't taken the time to do branding or mission statement or unique selling proposition uh, second is just endurance i think a lot of startups fail because the founders can't endure it they can't endure the the long haul to, to become successful with it and third they really haven't done the work ahead of time to see what they're building is really a problem to be solved. And there's really a market to buy it, or they built it in a way that's very transactional and not recurring and, or they haven't priced it correctly. So there's a lot of things that are fixed by pre-work and really diving into your problem set of what you're solving. And uh, I'd say the last one, by the way, it means a fourth is they, they don't network. You have to network like freaking crazy. Um, as much as I network, I think I could do way more. And I'm going to, right? And, and I think that's the most valuable piece is the network, especially if you're going to raise money. No one gives you money if they don't know you, period. Yeah. Um, they will get to know you, even if it's through somebody else, but you're going to have to check out. So the networking I'm talking about, it's not just maybe LinkedIn. It's literally meeting investors, meeting companies these investors have that are working with. You, like you, you just really got to network and you got to make time for that. And any best advice do you have for all your entrepreneurs? founders even like me don't be afraid to put it out there uh so be different uh get out there and be bold not arrogant but bold and go change the world on something like really find a, a good big problem to solve that you have a expertise in and then dive into it all the way and really get into it and then you'll find the, the holes and the missing the missing links by being bold by being out there as the person who is the enthusiast on it and then and therefore the expert on it. And then they have a whole brand and company behind it. Just don't have fear. Don't worry about it. Get out there and do it. That is awesome. It was like amazing to having you on the show. And thank you for sharing these bunch of concerns and thank you for getting into the show. I appreciate you so much for having me. I, I look forward to um, speaking again, again with you in the future. Appreciate sure.